0: Okay, good morning everyone. Shabbat Shalom. This this is the Sabbath day. We're entering into His rest, into His peace, into His goodness, into His kindness, into His gentleness, into His long-suffering, and all the rest of the fruits and gifts of the Spirit. This is the day that the Lord has made, and we are rejoicing, and we're glad in it. I think about uh, three summers ago when we were looking into this material of Go and Make Disciples doing a Go seminar in our home. A couple of summers ago, uh, there were eight of us. We had eight people in our living room and we just walked through that entire summer. And then the next summer we had 16. We had 12 young adults and and uh, uh, four senior adults. And now we've got over 50. So that's a good sign. We're doing the multiplication principle the first night, last Friday, when I went around and started grabbing people as a sign of, what does this look like in a practical means? And it's uh, very exciting uh, what the Lord's doing here at Highland. Uh, we're very excited in the men's ministry, in the women's ministry, in the youth ministry, in the children's ministry. Even the little toddlers are being discipled. Uh, it's, it's an exciting thing of what the Lord's doing. Well, let's commit this morning unto the Lord. We give thanks to the Lord for you are good and your mercy endures forever and ever and ever. It is everlasting. God, we're just so privileged to be a people that know our God. Lord, we pray that we would come into a greater knowledge of things in your heart this morning things that have been in your heart from eternity, that we can discover new things in greater revelation of Jesus and of you, our God. And that's all done by the power of Holy Spirit God. So Lord, I pray that again you would be attracted toward this gathering this morning. Lord, we could all be doing something else on this Saturday morning, but we chose to be here. We chose to sit at your feet to listen to what you would have to say to us through mere human vessels. But Lord, we really come to hear from God, not from man. So Lord, tune in our ability to find heaven's frequency this morning that we might hear from heaven as we sit here on earth. Speak now, Lord, we pray. Your bondservants are listening. Amen. Last night, Janet did a great job of sharing about God's desire to have mature sons and daughters. God wants us to grow up, not just grow old. And this morning, I'm going to share with you uh, the disciples' call to priesthood. The disciples call the priesthood. I do have a few slides to be able to help us this morning and give you some visual along with hearing the audio. But one of the main purposes in the heart of God for discipleship is to really see come forth a vibrant, functioning, holy, royal priesthood emerge. And God has always wanted a people who would love Him with all their heart, all their soul, all their mind, all their strength. So what I'm, I want to encourage you. I'm not going to be sharing all of the things that are in uh, Lesson 9 of the Go and Make Disciples study. Um, we have some other things about priesthood. Actually, there's so much about our priesthood, but there are more things in the book, so I want to encourage you just to study that further. If you could turn with me to Exodus, let's start where it began in regards to priesthood, or at least it began for the Jewish nation. Exodus chapter 19. It had only been three months since the children of Israel had been brought out of Egypt. Three months. And three months to the day they came to the wilderness of Sinai. That's starting in verses 1 and 2, giving us a bit of Background. They had departed from Rephidim and they'd come to the wilderness of Zion. They camped out in the wilderness. So, all of Israel, thinking about it, a couple of million people, what a huge sight that must have been. And they're all around a huge mountain. So, Moses, verse 3, went up to God and the Lord called him from the mountain saying you shall say to the house of Jacob and tell the children of Israel you have seen what I did to the Egyptians and how I bore you on eagles wings and brought you to myself. Now therefore if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant then you shall be A special treasure to me above all people, for all the earth is mine, and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words which you shall speak to the children of Israel." Think of it. Moses comes up to the mountain and the first thing that God begins to speak to him is an expression of his heart for a priestly people that would be a kingdom of priests. And throughout the scriptures we see God's longing for a people who are set apart completely for him. He calls them his special treasure. Well, from Melchizedek in Genesis all the way through Revelation, we see an unfolding plan within God's heart to have this kingdom of priests. And God told Moses that if, if, here it's conditional, if his people would obey his voice and keep his covenant, that they would be a special treasure among all the people of the earth, and that they would be, they would become to him a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. Turn with me now to Revelation. Here we've looked on the front part of the scriptures. Now let's go to the backside. Revelation chapter 1, John the Apostle gets this revelation, tremendous revelation, that he writes right here in the first chapter in verse 6. He writes, and he, referring to God, referring to Jesus, he has made us, catch that, he has made us to be a kingdom of priests unto his God and Father and to him be the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Now, jump four chapters to chapter five. The Holy Spirit wants John, the apostle, to catch it again, and to see it again, and to hear it again. Double emphasis. Verses 9 and 10, Revelation 5. Hear the words now, (coughs) excuse me, of the song of the 24 elders in heaven. (coughs) The 24 that are the stewardship, the head earthly elders in heaven, and they're singing a song. And they sang a new song, saying, You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals. For you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation and have made us kings and priests to our God and we shall reign on the earth. In the Old Covenant, men were born into their priestly heritage. They had no choice. If you were born a child of a mother and a father priest and of a priestly descent, you were automatically a priest. But in the New Covenant, We receive a priestly inheritance, we're not born into it. And it's unfortunate that we hear so little today about the priesthood of God, something that is so precious to God. The priesthood was a central element in the Old Covenant, and it is a central element in the New Covenant as well. Now, you see on your tables, uh, we passed out uh, sheets uh, looking at a very rough draft in regards to the Old Covenant Temple, this Herod's Temple. This is the temple at around the time of Jesus, in the time of Jesus. And I want to just describe to you a bit about the priestly function and the significance it has within the temple setting. There were basically four courts in the temple. Everyone's got a copy. Great. All right, you can see that first place in the white area right in the center at the top, the most holy place. It was also called the Holy of Holies. But look how exclusive it is. Only one man who had to be a priest that became the high priest. He could only go into that area one day a year. the Day of Atonement, Yom Kippur. Then you have the green area on the slide, the second area on your paper, the holy place. So you had the most holy, then you have the holy place, or it's also called the inner court. Also very exclusive. Only men, priests, born of a mother and a father priest, that could enter into that area, and they all had to be from the age of 30 upward. You could only go into the inner court to minister as God's priest on your 30th birthday. Then we have the third court, the outer court, the ones that's in the blue area on the slide. Also very exclusive, men only. Sorry, sisters, first three courts you were not permitted. Men only. I have a whole message on how the Lord made a way. Praise the Lord. Lord. All the other priests and only men, if you did not have your 14 days of consecutive priestly duty, if it was not your assignment according to your order, that's the only place you could go to is the outer court with the rest of the men. Also, all of the boys that had become men at the age of 13, once they had their bar mitzvah, they could go into the outer court But these first three courts were exclusive to Jewish men only. And then there was the fourth court, the court of the Gentiles. The women could enter the temple, along with the children, and even along with non-Jews. What really ruffled the feathers of the Jewish men was if a non-Jew got into the outer court that was exclusive to only Jewish men. But I want to focus this morning on the significance of the holy place or the inner court. The area that was for priests only. I want you to turn to the prophet Ezekiel. Ezekiel chapter 44. In this passage, the prophet priest Ezekiel expresses God's heart concerning priestly ministry in the holy place or the inner court. And I want you to notice in these two verses how God feels about his priesthood in the old covenant but the priests Isaiah 44:15 and 16 but the priests the levites the sons of Zadok who kept charge of my sanctuary when the children of Israel went astray from me they should come near my table no they should come near me to minister to me They shall stand before me to offer me the fat and the blood, says the Lord God. They shall enter my sanctuary. They shall come near my table to minister to me, and they shall keep my charge. (laughs) Can you hear the possessiveness of God concerning his priests and their ministry to him? Wow. Take a good look at this. In two verses, God mentions the possessive words of me and my ten times. Ten times. He is totally possessive of this ministry. And if God felt this way about his old covenant priesthood, how do you think he feels about his new covenant priesthood? The inner court ministry was all about God. No, uh, wrong slide, Janet, I'm sorry. Let's go to the temple one. it was all about God everything the priest did was in the inner court everything they did in the inner court was for God and to him and in that place they gave the sacrifices they offered the sacrifices from the people and for the people they prayed, they praised, they worshipped they had a glory time for 14 consecutive days they slept there and they were awake there and They slept little because it was very exciting to be in an atmosphere of where everyone in there is worshiping God. Continually, 24-7. They read, they studied the scriptures. 14, they only found that out in 1983 in an archaeological discovery while I was living there. That the priestly ministry was 14 consecutive days. And you had to wait another year after that time was up everything happened in the holy place it was all a sweet aroma to God God loved their ministry to him because what he was giving back in exchange was intimacy and a sense of awareness of God's presence but the ministry to the outer court once they went from the inner to the outer court that's where the people were the inner court was to God the outer court was to people And this was the essence of priestly ministry. Inner court court God alone, outer court to the people. And as God's new covenant priests, we are responsible to go to God for the people through prayer and intercession, through sacrifices. But then we are to go to the people for God in the outer court, through preaching, teaching, and exhortation. And once we hear from God in the inner court of that time alone with God, that time of communion with God, we will have His words of life to share with others. God wants to commune with us in the inner court that we can be His mouth of wisdom in the outer court when we go to the people. You know, the prophet Malachi... In chapter 2, verse 7 says, For the lips of the priest should keep knowledge. Malachi 2.7 And people should seek the law from his mouth, for he is the messenger of the Lord of hosts. As priests, we are responsible to speak knowledgeably about the Lord and about his word. We are his messengers. We are the spokesman for the Most High God. So if we will fill our lives with the Lord and his word, then our words will be an overflow of his life within us. John 6:63 6, says, "The words that I speak to you are spirit, and they are life." This is why he wants his priests to continually come into the inner court so that we can hear, listen, to the words of spirit and life that he speaks to our hearts. As his disciples, our words should be spirit-inspired, giving life to those who hear them. Proverbs 31, 26 refers to an element. How many of you have seen the beauty of wisdom in all the Proverbs? And almost always wisdom is referred to in a feminine sense. Hallelujah. Let every sister say praise the Lord. She opens her mouth with wisdom and on her tongue is the law of kindness. All of us, both men and women, should speak with wisdom and kindness. Our words have the power to bless and to curse, to encourage and to discourage, to wound and to heal. When we open our mouths, we minister either life or death. Our words are that powerful. As the Lord's priest, we must use our words to build and to strengthen his people and to strengthen his kingdom as well. I love Ezekiel because he was both a prophet and a priest. Prophet and a priest. And he knew what it was like to serve as a priest in the house of God. So now let's take a look at a couple of chapters early, or one chapter earlier. Let's look at chapter 43. Ezekiel 43, verses 5 and 6. The Spirit of the Lord lifted me up and brought me into the... Hello? Inner court. Inner court. Look at your paper. The Spirit of the Lord brought him into that court. And behold... The glory of the Lord filled the temple. The whole temple got filled while he was in the inner court. Then I heard him speaking to me from the temple while a man stood beside me. And he said to me, Son of man, this is the place of my throne and the place of the soles of my feet where I will dwell in the midst of the sons of Israel forever. Now I've heard this interpreted and even taught that it was the whole temple of God that God was referring to. He was speaking to this priest. God brought him into the inner court for a specific reason. That when you are in the inner court... the glory begins to stir. When you're in the inner court, this is the place of His throne. This is the place of the soles of His feet signifying His presence. God wants to establish His throne in our hearts. Our times alone with God Our times when we go to the inner court, they are sacred and they are most precious to God. You think you miss out when you do not have a quiet time? God misses out. He was looking forward to that time alone with you, His priest. And yet, everything of the world and the flesh and the devil is looking to not only distract us, but to rob us. One of the devil's descriptions is that he's a thief and he'll do anything to steal that time that we would have with him by some distraction. Hmm. Our times alone are sacred. They are precious to God. And as new covenant priests of the Almighty, we have access to commune in an inner court relationship with God every day. How amazing we don't need to go to the temple to function as priests because we are the temple. Do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? 1 Corinthians 3.16 I want you to write this down. In Christ, the temple changed from a place to a person. From a place to a person. And from a building to a human spirit. How all of heaven must have been totally shocked. For over a thousand years they had temple worship. First temple, second temple. It had all been about a place... Before that, it was a tabernacle in the wilderness. It was all about a place. Now God totally changes everything. Now he's, it's all about a person. The Apostle Peter. He wrote in 1 Peter 2, verse 5 and 9. I think it's kind of neat. Rick came up to me this morning. He says, hey, you know what? I was listening to a, what was it? It was on a prayer line that he was uh, uh, on this morning. And one of the main scriptures that was quoted was this scripture that I'm ending with today. First Peter 2, he says, You also, as living stones, are being built up into a spiritual house, a holy house priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ but you are a chosen generation you didn't choose God he chose you you're chosen a whole generation that is chosen a royal priesthood twice he mentions priesthood here's peter A holy nation. Twice he mentions holy. His own special people. Going back to Exodus, you're his treasure. You are his special treasure. That you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. You know, when I read that, I can see the priests, the old, te- old covenant priests in that inner court. I can see them walking around and they would be praising. Praise to the Most High God. Blessed be your holy name. They would, It was spontaneous. Sometimes they would have liturgical times of all singing together or they'd all join in chorus together. But their worship was continual. Then they'd have silence where you could hear their hearts beat. But the worship that took place there was attractive to God. For the Father is looking even now, Jesus says in John 4. For the true worshipers, the Father still looking. Where are they? Where's my priesthood? Where's him? Where's, where is she? Who's worshiping, who loves to just adore me. There's my priest. Right there in the holy place, wherever they are, whether it's out among the trees or in the dining room, or in the supermarket, wherever it is, they're worshiping, they're driving along. They're having thoughts toward God because that temple moved from a place to a person, from a building to a human spirit. Proclaiming the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. You know, in the Old Covenant, there was often a separation of priestly ministry and kingly royalty. But in the New Covenant, God unites these two areas of service. We are called a holy, royal priesthood. Astounding! What Jesus did in coming was so massive, he didn't just purchase salvation for Fallen mankind, he opened up the way of a whole new priesthood, an incredible priesthood that had all of heaven in awe. And what's glorious is that it's not just men anymore. There are women priests. Shock to heaven. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. As we embrace our priestly inheritance, we end up aligning aligning ourselves with our great high priest, Jesus. This is such a humble calling. Part of our maturity as disciples of Jesus is to function as his priests. Again, priests are not born, they're made. God builds into them the spiritual disciplines that start as I have to, they become a want to, they become the desire of our lives. So it's such a privilege, it's such a responsibility to be the Lord's priest. And God does expect commitment and holiness and he expects availability from his priesthood as well. Brothers and sisters, we need to prioritize the inner court with God on a daily basis. It's our time with God. We must make sure that we're not too busy with other things or with worldly concerns where we neglect our priestly ministry of prayer and worship and studying His Word, proclaiming out loud His goodness, His glory. When we have developed a level of intimacy with the Lord our minds will start being lifted and to be set on eternal things. Our spirits will commune with Him throughout the day. It will be easy to have thoughts of our God. And the overflow of that abiding relationship will positively affect all of our conversations throughout the rest of the day. We will encourage, we will edify, we'll be inspiring other people with our words. And our words will really draw attention to the Lord our God as the light shines within us. Again, we must minister to the Lord before we attempt and go out to minister to others. Once we hear from Him in the inner court, we'll have His words of life, Instruction and wisdom to be able to give to others. That's what Jesus did as our high priest, and this is what he wants his sons and daughters as royal priests to function in the same manner. So the question is are you functioning as God's priest today? Are you always available to minister? to Him and to others. Father, we want to thank You that we can learn from the things that are written in Your first covenant, people. Lord, it says in the new covenant, these things were written in the old for us to learn from and to glean from and to grow as a result from today. They're written for our benefit. And Lord, I pray that this subject of priesthood, we would all, we would all enter in to the yielded place of surrender that can make our priesthood secure that could make our priesthood, our priestly walk with God, something beautiful, something that you are attracted to and look forward to every time we step right there into the inner court. Ezekiel was in the inner court when the glory of God filled the whole temple. And Lord, you just said... This is where I'm going to establish my throne. The more time we spend alone with you, God, you're you're working on deep heart issues with us. You're encouraging us. You're blessing us. You're convicting us. You're pointing the way. You're saying this is the way. Walk in it. You're building us up. You're strengthening us. you're, You're impassioning us. You're filling us with your love and your faith and your hope. It's in that place in the inner court of communion with God where we find transformation is happening one step at a time. Thank you for your words of life. Thank you for the instruction that you give to us. Thank you for the wisdom that you impart to us. And it's not meant to just stay with us. It's meant to be given out to others as well. So thank you that we can learn from looking at temple ministry today. The significance of these wonderful courts of the Lord. No wonder David, who was of Judah, he was not a priestly lineage, said, oh, to be in the courts of the Lord, a day in your court is better than a thousand elsewhere. He longed, he longed, for that priestly ministry. And Lord, in a very supernatural way, David had intercourt ministry right out there in the shepherd fields. And Lord, we can have intercourt ministry wherever we are all throughout the day. You're that incredibly sovereign. You moved the temple from a place to a person and from a building into a human spirit. You're connected with us that deep, that intimately. So, Father, I pray that now you'd be with us as we have our time of sharing, that we could all grow and learn about the royal priesthood of God that you're drawing all of us to. Make us into your priests. And he, we were made Priests and kings into our God. Make us into all of that, Lord, we pray. Amen.